following is a recreation of an interview for Commercial Cafe, a division of Yardi, a world leader in commercial property management software. The interview was actually conducted by email from Romania by Alexandra Usru and written by Patrick McGregor. For the podcast, I decided to have my wife Lisa play the part of Alexandra. So from the Ken's Trends Voca Raton Studios, here is Expert Insights, Ken Silberling on commercial real estate in the time of COVID-19. Hi, Ken. Hi, Lisa. Glad you could be with me today. It's not like I really had a choice. That's true. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your background and why you chose a career in commercial real estate? Sure. I grew up in South Florida. I got my degree in advertising from Florida State University and then went on to Georgetown to get my MBA. I've always been great with numbers and have always had a talent for taking raw data and putting my own creative spin on the results. My grandfather had owned apartment buildings in Brooklyn, so real estate is in my blood. If he only knew what his properties are worth today. I started my career with Cushman and Wakefield in market research in Miami. I still think they hired me primarily because I could coach their softball team. But my market reports gained a large following, and I eventually moved into leasing and acquisitions for a developer. After spending some time in commercial real estate technology, I recently joined Levy Realty Advisors, where I'm involved in tenant representation, acquisitions, leasing, and marketing. I've been blogging on commercial real estate for just about the last 10 years and continue to build my personal brand through my unique and hopefully entertaining perspective. Considering the current COVID-19 pandemic, what are your thoughts on the commercial real estate market in the U.S. today in terms of trends and challenges? I'm glad you asked me that. I recently read a rant by Duke Long, who is the godfather of commercial real estate bloggers, and he's kind of an inspiration to me. He states in slightly more colorful language that we're all screwed, everybody thinks they're an expert, and nobody knows what's going to happen. Yet here I am giving my own opinion. I tend to agree with Duke that nobody really knows what's going to happen, but our industry has always been cyclical and will bounce back. Personally, I see a lot of opportunity. I tweeted back at Duke that all we can do is work hard and position ourselves for the next unpredictable turn on this crazy roller coaster. Our company is going to need more space to accommodate social distancing or less space due to working from home. It really can go either way. But whichever way it goes, it will create movement, and movement is good for brokers. My company represents a number of family offices and controls over 3.5 million square feet of space. Our clients have a lot of money on the sidelines, and we believe that opportunities will emerge, and when they do, we'll be here to take advantage. What differentiates the commercial real estate market in Florida from other major markets in the United States? I've always said that the number one industry in Florida is Florida. I grew up here, I've witnessed our incredible growth, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. We're still bringing in a thousand new residents a day because people are tired of cold winters and even more tired of state income tax. We're constantly building to accommodate this growth, and that has driven our real estate market. While we face environmental challenges, we live in paradise and people want to be here. The other factor is Miami's status as the financial capital of Latin America. South Florida will continue to benefit from the growth in Latin America and the Caribbean, and we've been saying it for a long time, but at some point, something is going to happen in Cuba. How have you seen the industry evolve in the past few years? The stock answer here is probably technology, and there are a lot of cool things happening in CRE tech. But CRE Tech is still dominated by one company, and if it does change, it will be a slow process. 
I have seen a lot of consolidation, and the top brokerages are commanding more and more market share. Two companies I work for were acquired by the nationals, and any regional niche player is a target. In addition, the team concept has taken over in brokerage. I think it works well as everybody brings a little something different to the table, and the client benefits. But I think a lot of these teams are getting spread a bit too thin with too many assignments, and there is an opportunity for boutique firms who can provide personal service to non-institutional owners. Where do you see it going in the future? More consolidation at the top, but I think a door is opening again for niche players. You need to know where you fit in, and you need to communicate that to prospective clients. So are there any lessons from the past few years that you would impart as an absolute must for those looking to get into the commercial real estate industry? Well, I think the small deals are a lot harder than the large ones. Major corporations are concerned about earnings and bottom lines, but the mom and pops are negotiating with their mortgage payments and their meal money. It's personal. You'll learn a lot more doing small deals to start. I've also seen a lot of appraisers and property managers become very successful as brokers and developers. Before you can compete for the major assignments, it's important to know the basics. And you're going to get knocked down a lot in this business. I certainly have. It's a process of always getting back up and reinventing yourself as you go. What is your general assessment for the commercial real estate market in 2020? Have you spotted some interesting market trends, especially considering the current pandemic? Well, I kind of relate it to sports, and sometimes in sports, you have a bad game, and you just have to burn the game films. That's what I think we need to do with 2020. We've got to do the best we can this year, and then burn the game films and try to bounce back in 2021. I can see doing Argus runs in the future and pretending 2020 didn't happen. I think our country will have to get more self-sufficient, and that's good for manufacturing. Adoption of technology and e-commerce has accelerated, and somehow I think we've gotten a glimpse of the future and we'll be more focused on the long-term goals rather than day-to-day. -day. How has the evolution of online marketing impacted the commercial real estate industry? It's really amazing to think that when I started in this business, online didn't even exist. I was one of the first in the market to develop property databases that we could search in-house to find space for clients. As a researcher, people were happy to give me information because I was Cushman and Wakefield, and we were the ones bringing them the large deals. Today, Internet search is the starting point for most deals, and most of the data is out there for anyone to find. On the brokerage side, outside of the major institutional assets, the single most important marketing task is to get your property up on commercial real estate listing websites. It may be a dark and dirty secret, and this was not in the original Commercial Cafe article, but LoopNet CoStar dominates Internet search results, so that is where the brokers, the tenants, and the buyers are looking. If I search the address of an office building on Google, odds are that LoopNet will be number one in the results. A lot of us are hoping that Commercial Cafe, Crexy, OfficeSpace.com, BTS, or someone else can change this. For my own marketing, I'll do some cold calling, I do a lot of networking, I do some email blasts, and I even develop my own property websites. I'm also big on contact marketing through my blog and social media to build my personal brand. But the most efficient way of marketing my properties is to make sure that I have accurate information, floor plans, and great pictures on LoopNet and CoStar. Crexy and Commercial Cafe have stepped up and are actively inputting our information, and I also like OfficeSpace.com. But I can't justify putting the effort into some of the secondary sites. Today, it's all about maximizing your footprint online and making sure you are found when people search. The stickier you can make your listings and your online presence, the more that you build your personal brand. 
there's still only a handful of people in the industry who are doing this effectively, and I'm trying to get there myself. I've also stepped up my game with 3D virtual tours, which are gaining popularity. I think that the 3D tours are essential to stand out in this era of social distancing. Hey, Ken, any other insights you'd like to share? Sure. Commercial real estate is still a relationship business, and the old school methods still work. But with Internet search initiating so many deals, it becomes more and more important to have quality content out there so you'll show up in the results. There's no substitute for picking up the phone, but I reach a thousand people per month with my blog, and if something goes viral, there's really no ceiling. There's even cat videos that get more views in the Super Bowl. Over the lockdown, I've learned to put my blog on video and podcast, and I'm stepping up my social posts. I'm selling my services electronically 24-7, 365. That's a whole lot more efficient than knocking on doors in 90 degrees South Florida heat. Please check out my blog at kenstrends.com or search Ken's Trends on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I need more followers on at Ken Silberling on Twitter. And please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. My own brand is about creating original content because I think I'm good at it. And a lot of people agree. We all have to do what's best for us to cut through all the noise out there. And there is plenty of noise. This article is part of that, and I thank you for this opportunity.